Gear up as Cash Miller and the team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the Agency Power Show. Hello, everyone. This is Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters and the CEO of Titan Digital. Today, we're going to be talking Facebook marketing and using the ad platform. It is really valuable, but there's been a lot of changes over the last few years in how effective it can be. I've got Nicole Skibaris of the Digital Exchange with me today. She's a Facebook marketing expert, and she's going to be helping us understand how the platform can be used effectively to promote your business within Facebook itself. Nikki, or sorry, Nicole, um, which do you prefer, actually? Actually, Nikki's great because everyone calls me Nikki, so. Okay, good. I'll go with that. Okay, so Nikki, it's great to have you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm really excited to be here. So my name is Nikki, as you just heard, and I run the Digital Exchange. We were previously Miss Marketing and we have just rebranded. This is the first show I'm doing with the new branding, which is super exciting. So we help uh, online businesses grow and scale using Facebook ads, Google ads, and SEO. So we teach SEO and Facebook ads, and we offer Facebook and Google ads as management services. Okay. Well, great. You are, it's, I always enjoy talking with ad experts and Facebook is one of those because of course the platform's been around for a long time. It's great for certain types of businesses, others, not so much, but you know, Facebook being what it is, they want to make money. And so the ad portion of the platform is um, really huge if you're going to, you know, use it to try to advertise your business. Yeah. So I want to start with, um, you know, let's talk some of the changes that, you know, have happened over these last few years and how the platform's a bit different than it used to be, you know, when it comes to ads, especially with AI, because I know they're incorporating that soon too. Yeah, so, I mean, I think the biggest change that we probably saw was with iOS 14 when basically the privacy uh, laws changed and we weren't able to track the same amount of information and people were able to start turning their advertising off. So previous to that, you could basically set up ads and you could get sales on autopilot and it was super easy to do. Now that that has changed, we've had to adjust our strategies on the platform and I can delve deeper into how that looks but essentially, it has become a lot harder to get results unless you actually know what you're doing. Before, it was a, you could just put some ads up and you could almost be sure that you'd get something out of it. But now, if you don't set it up, set them up right and your strategy isn't right, then it's going to become an issue. And then, yeah, with AI, it's absolutely changing everything and it's making a lot of things a whole lot easier, even things from like creating copy for your website you can bang it out pretty fast. So, but obviously there are still a lot of manual things that you need to do like testing and optimizing your ads. You can't just throw something up there and hope it works. Yeah. As, um, you know, business owners, what should they be like? Why do you want to use Facebook today? Because, you know, the thing is, is you've got Instagram, you've got TikTok, you've got, you know, I want to say what's left of Twitter, you know, but like there's so many other platforms and avenues to go. Why is Facebook still essential? Yeah. So just for everybody listening, because I know this is a question that comes up a lot. So Facebook advertising incorporates Instagram as well. So the platform, when you post on Facebook, it can post across to Instagram as well. Now, the reason 
that I or that we use this platform is because nearly everybody that we know or that you know probably has a Facebook or Instagram profile. It's one of the most highly used platforms across the world. There are billions of people that are using it. So that makes the user base extremely big, which means that you can find it's almost it's almost sorry, it's possible that you can almost find your everybody can find their audience on the platform whether it be a niche or like a broader audience, there's so many people on the platform that it's unlikely that you won't be able to find your audience. Other platforms have, say, more of a younger demographic. So you might find like on TikTok or Snapchat, it's much, it's a much younger audience, but you'll find on Instagram and Facebook, the age demographics are possibly a little bit broader as well. And they've been around a lot longer, which means... Well, let's things. talk about um, those age demographics a bit. Um, yeah. You know, the platform itself, you know, Facebook came along, what, it was like 05, 06, right? You know, yeah. Somewhere in there, I always think of the uh, the social network movie. You know, to yeah. try to remember when it first came around. Um, but the demographic has changed. And I know when I talk to, uh, you know, clients and potential clients and such, you know, the, that change, it's gotten older. Yeah, the, the platform itself, the people that are on it, like you mentioned, you know, instead of younger people, you know, we, we do have older people. So how has that kind of affected the advertising? So I feel like organically it's, it's made a huge difference. Like as we've seen, particularly with Facebook, organic marketing is quite dead on Facebook. And it's the same with, um, I guess, with advertising a lot of people don't really want to advertise on that platform for, because it's predominantly, say, an older audience. It depends who you're targeting, I guess. If you're targeting an older audience, then they may be on Facebook. But in saying that, people are saying that, but I'm still finding with clients that have younger audiences with the Facebook ads on and, say, Instagram ads off. So I've had a few clients where their Instagram accounts have had issues and for a few weeks they might be off and we've just been running ads on the Facebook platform. And in saying that, the ads have still gone tremendously well considering their audience is between, say, an 80 and 30-year-old range. So mm. we find organically, say, the platforms may not be uh, working as well, but then in terms of, like, the ads themselves, people are still, even younger people, they might not use the platform to post and things like that, but they're still scanning the platform and using it to flick through and see what people are posting. Okay. So, yeah. Well, I can see what you're saying. So... Facebook is also, they've changed the platform a bit. And the, the thing that comes to mind for myself, actually, because I've got a 16-year-old son, is he's, he doesn't use Facebook this, like, the same way you know, the average user would of uh, just going in and they're scanning news and stories and stuff like that. But he's on the Facebook marketplace piece. Yeah. yeah. Would, yeah. Oh, sorry, you go. No, go ahead. Yeah, so I think that's the thing. Like, I think it's just... So they might not be actively using it in the same way that, say, an older demographic or even someone in their 30s or 40s may be using it, but they're still on the platform and they're still scanning it. So when it comes to advertising, it's still working from what we're seeing. So even though I know other people have said, say, it's not getting the same results, it's still working. But in saying that, if you were going for a younger audience, some of those other platforms, may you may find perform better like TikTok or Snapchat. But again, we don't know if TikTok is still going to be around in a few years' time in some of the Western countries where they have started banning it within certain office places and stuff like that. So if that was to happen, then, you know, 
the, the shift could come where some of those younger audiences are shifting back to, say, Instagram and Facebook more because it's unlikely that we'll start to see a lot of other platforms coming into the space because we have seen some of them pop up over the time, but they haven't had the longevity of some of these platforms like Facebook and Instagram. And if they did, if TikTok did close and people moved across, you'd probably see the um, the longevity of those programs continue for another 10 to 15 years because of that younger user base coming onto the platforms. Yeah. And, you know, in the case of like Instagram, a lot of younger users have still gravitated to that platform, not just TikTok. I know some are using like both, you know, platforms and stuff. But in the case of Instagram, you have, um, yeah, you have a lot of things that TikTok does that they've adopted. Exactly. So in order to stay competitive and try and attract that younger audience, Instagram is trying to implement different things, whether it be reels or some kind of short form video to attract that younger demographic and be, I guess, an all inclusive kind of platform that has something for everybody. Okay. Um, and so in terms of audience, though, because that's one of the most significant changes that Facebook has made, because as marketers, we want as much, I guess, um, the ability to, to refine our targeting as much as we can. Yeah. And so what have you seen be the primary changes to how you can target? And then do you have ways or strategies that you've been using to kind of work around the limitations that have been imposed? Yeah. So, I mean... As I was mentioned earlier with the iOS 14 changes, that's actually impacted audience as well. So it's actually limited the amount of people that we can now target, particularly when it comes to retargeting, because historically we used to be able to track everyone that came to our website and then retarget them with our ads. Now, because people can turn their tracking off, we can't retarget people at the same level. So our recommendation is to try and get as many people onto your email list as possible and build an ad strategy around that. So it will have that as part of your ad strategy where you're getting them onto your email platform. So if you are an e-commerce business, you could run a competition ad such as you could win a $300 gift card, just fill out our form on the ad and you'll go into the running. Whereas with a, say, a service-based business, you might do a lead magnet or some kind of freebie to get them on your email list. That way you have direct access to the person and you aren't inhibited by the actual software that's stopping you from, yeah, getting to them. And yeah, that, that's an interesting, um, <laughs> I was going to say, that's an interesting point that you made. It's uh, the limitations that they've imposed have actually helped, you know, because you mentioned using email marketing as a way to, yeah. you know, so you grab them, get them onto the list. So it helps rejuvenate a different strategy in a sense, because email marketing is not dead, you know, dead by any means. It's, it's still here. Everybody, you know, it's being used robustly, but uh, it's been seen, I think, as an afterthought by some businesses that they're not putting it as making it as a prominent, as prominent a piece of their strategy as they should. Well, that's 100% right. And it's probably one of the most lucrative ways to make money in your business with a marketing platform because some studies came out showing that for every dollar you spend on email marketing, you get a $44 return, which is huge in comparison to nearly every platform. So it's uh -huh. definitely something that people need to be incorporating with their Facebook ad strategy. And if you combine both of those and you're kind of covering most of the sales funnel. So I would highly recommend that. 
And then when it comes to audience targeting as well, we're also we also saw a huge change in who we could retarget. So historically, we used to separate. So I'm getting a bit more technical now, but there's three different audiences within the Facebook ads platform. You've got your interest-based targeting where you target cold audiences that you don't know. Mm -hmm. Then you've got your warm audiences, which are your retargeting audiences, the people that have already engaged with your brand. And then you've got your lookalike audiences, which are mirror images of your cold, oh, sorry, mirror images of your warm audience, but they're still cold. They're people that don't know you, but have the same attributes as your warm audience. So sorry, that may be a little bit technical, but your retargeting no. audience is your warm audience. And basically what you need to do when you create any warm audience in Facebook ads or Instagram ads is you need to pull them all into the same ad set. So if you are someone that's been dabbling in Facebook marketing or advertising, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. You need to pull all of the warm audiences into the one ad set to increase the pool size of the audience and make sure you've got as many people as possible to advertise to within that ad set. Hmm. Um, have you seen that because with the demographic changes and stuff, because there's a lot more restrictions on how you can, you know, uh, refine your audience and things you're not allowed to do, you know, anymore. Have you seen uh, kind of the lookalike audiences not be quite as effective as they might have been previously? Yeah. So historically, lookalike audiences were absolute gold and we were seeing so much uh, or so many sales and conversions coming from those audiences. But now because of those restrictions and because lookalike audiences are direct copies of warm audiences and now we have limited access to those warm audiences the attributes that we're able to match are, aren't as strong as what they used to be so we're finding we're not getting as much success from those I'm finding that within our agency we've switched to using some broader audiences now so we're finding if we give Facebook a broader audience and let them go through our audience and make the selection from the huge pool of people then it works better. And by saying, and by broad, I mean having less parameters. So you might increase the age for the age brackets from say 18 to 30 to, or to 18 to 45. So increasing those a little bit, just having Australia, for example, or the USA instead of Tennessee. So increasing those yeah. um, brackets and parameters sometimes and giving Facebook the power to go in into your audience and choose it's, it's worth testing that out. Um, that's going to be an area where AI is probably, because I know, like I say, they're integrating it and testing on how it will help there. So do you think it's going to be beneficial so that the audiences can become more refined again, even if you are not doing it? Like it's going to have the, a, a greater ability to pick out the appropriate people? Yeah, definitely. So as AI continues to develop and develop even more, it, the software is going to become way more powerful in being able to match the attributes of say past people that have interacted with your account to find new people that will be able to, uh, that are most likely to convert. So I think we're going to see, um, yeah, better and better software coming out and get producing us results. But in saying that you also have to understand the nuances around Facebook advertising and also how to set up your campaigns in a way that gets you results because often Meta will prompt you to do certain things and set your accounts up and your ads up in a, in a way that may work in the short term, but it also gets them more profitability as opposed to helping your long-term strategy out as a advertiser. Hmm. Okay, let's talk creative for a moment then. Yeah, you know, because... <laughs> 
Facebook's doing some stuff on that end with AI as well. You know, I've heard some that they're um, testing ways to improve the interface so that you can do creative faster and do more iterations you know, of your ads, which is often the, the toughest thing to do more split testing but and do it quicker, especially for like larger budgets. Um, my first question would be like, what are you, how do you get an advertiser to stand out amongst, you know, because you have so much in the feed and that's where primarily things, you know, happen, you know, from an advertising standpoint. So how do you, how do advertisers stand out on Facebook, you know, so that their ads are noticed? Yeah. So I think that comes down to like base level marketing. So I think you have to understand what you're offering. So whether it be your product or your service or your program, and then you have to then figure out who your competitors are and what they're advertising on the platform and then how you can differentiate yourself. So if we dive a little bit deeper, people are saying, oh, video is what is working, creating reels where you're using user-generated content. That is what is going to attract your audience. Now, we have tried this over and over again, and every single business and audience gets different results. So there isn't necessarily one set way, but this is where A-B split testing comes in and you need to test different creative in terms of reels, videos, images, carousels, because what may work for you may not work for your competitor or what may work for your competitor may not work for you. So you can go to the Facebook ads library, you can Google Facebook ads library, and what you can actually do is you can research what your competitors are doing on the platform and it will bring up all the ads that they're coming um, that they are running. And what you could do is you could scroll to the bottom and see which ads are the oldest. And the ads that are the oldest that your competitors are running are most likely the ones that are producing results because they wouldn't keep them running if they weren't. Now, mm-hmm. you can use yeah. that as inspiration. Don't copy them for your own ads. But we will always say A, B, test your ads because it is likely that you are going to get different results to them. And yeah, so often people will say, yeah, the user generated content is what is really working right now. But again, test, because if you test, you will lower the cost of acquisition and you're likely to increase your results. Do you see, um, I say they're working on integrating the AI into that side of the platform, not just the audiences. So do you see the the future where, you know, even smaller advertisers can do, you know, run more tests uh, quicker? And, you know, my understanding is, is that they there may even be like, not really an image library, but the ability, because, you know, how there's, um, you know, there's already AI that can help, you know, create imagery. Yeah. Uh, not just like chat, chat GPT, but it's like things it's connected to. Um, so you already have platforms that are able to do that. Do you think, you know, Facebook's going to go that route where you could do more stuff like on the fly within the platform to actually create the entire ad? Cause right now you have to load up, you know, different creative you want to be able to use. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think going forward as AI continues to develop and get more and more powerful, it is going to understand on a very high level and deep level, what, is attracting an audience and what is getting results. And it is going to help you be able to create and recreate those things. But in saying that it's going to become more competitive because if everybody has access to those kind of tools, then it's going to be harder and harder to stand out because it's going to be easier for everybody to be able to produce the same kind of ads. So, okay. So I see your point about, um, 
it, the platform, if you incorporate AI, is going to allow more advertisers to, you know, because it's that's like really good for small businesses and stuff. It's going to be great for Facebook as far as generating revenue, but it's not going to be great from the standpoint of you're going to end up with more advertisers on the platform to compete against. It's like it makes it easy for a small business to get in because it's going to have more of an assist on their end, but it's also going to allow a bunch of other people onto the platform. That you know, Is that accurate, what you're thinking? Yeah, so, I mean, more people will come onto the program. So if the demand's higher, the costs will increase because it works off an auction base. But mm-hmm. in saying that, it's also going to become, if it becomes easier for people to be able to advertise, not only will more people come onto the platform, but you'll see more people having, you know, being able to create ads that do well. So there's going to be let maybe more dis, well, less disparity between some of the good and bad ads that may actually appear on the platforms if we have say AI. And you might you might actually start to see a lot of the ads having a lot of similarities in some ways and people differentiating themselves a lot less because they're relying on um, yeah AI. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point you make because I know we've run tests. We use ChatGPT within our agency and such as an ass, assistant, you know, for different things, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, when we've hooked it up, and I always forget the name of the creative program that's in AI. But um, you, if you're pulling any kind of creative, and if they hook it into the ad platform itself to help you create the ads, won't it have a problem of basically creating a lot of similar type imagery for different businesses? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think people are going to start, or business owners are going to have to start educating themselves on how to talk to AI and give it the instructions that it wants to differentiate itself as a business, as a brand and a personality and tone of voice. So I think if you want to stand out and be unique with AI, you are going to yeah, have to learn how to instruct it in a way that gets you results that make you stand out. Yeah, in which case it's it can still have, it's essentially having its own restrictions for business owners because, you know, if, you know, for anybody that's ever used chat or any kind of AI, you know, if you are not really clear on the instructions, you know, that you're giving it, the input matters totally um, to get good output. Uh, so, exactly. yeah, so it could be problematic. And I think there could be a lot of similarities. I know there's been a lot of discussion about, you know, where it's really pulling the information that it's you know giving you. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think we're going to see a lot of star, uh, like a lot of similar content across the web as a result, because I think a lot of people are just giving instructions to AI, it's spinning out and they're basically just putting it up wherever they want to use their advertising, whether it be their website. And, you know, we may start to see Google marking people down based off this because the the content may start to become less engaging if it's if we're seeing a lot of similarities between it and not as much differentiation in terms of the brand personality again and yeah yeah google's initial response for anything that's ai generated content so they're fine with it yeah they're like hey go ahead do it all you want um because they they want good engaging content but that's the trick is will it stay you know or be good engaging content or does it basically you know end up sounding like regurgitated so while it's not necessarily um duplicate from other places you know because i know that like you know for this show we often use um the chat gpt to help generate the question so we'll start with the input okay we have a little formula for it we start with the input and around the subject that we want and then say okay give me 10 questions back 
And then from there, I will choose, you know, which ones we're going to focus on or rewrite them or whatever we need to, you know, but it's because it's great as an idea generator. Yeah, you know, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, but here's the thing that I see, and this is why I review them all before, like, we send them off to anybody is I see similarities in the way it's, you know, the questions. And I'm like, well, okay, this one sounds just like this one, sounds like this one, sounds like this one. You know, you're, you're asking the same basic thing, you know, just three different ways. I said, that's not, those don't work. And if people aren't paying attention to that. And so if you do that within Facebook, you know, I think of the content that an ad is built around, you know, like you have the content, you have your imagery or your video or whatever it may be, but those, the way that content is written could end up being very similar. Well, that's exactly right. And you still need to have that strategic level within your marketing where you're looking at who you're selling to, what their pain points are, what the mm -hmm. solutions are that they're looking for and how you can differentiate yourself as a brand and how, and the right kind of messaging that will get them from, you know, not needing your brand to realizing that they need it to then wanting it. So you need to, you still need to make sure that your marketing is still incorporating all of those traditional marketing that we that we have for years and years, but yeah. yeah, a lot of people are just letting it spit information out and putting it up and it's not going to start driving the same results. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point because like it has a, the AIs have a problem with tone of voice and stuff and emotion essentially in your words, you know, and what it's you know giving you. So those limitations, I think over time will be overcome and it'll get better at it. But again, if anything where you have, you know, I like say you're incorporating it to an ad platform, yeah, and so how is it going to be able to really differentiate? And I just think of the example of like, you know, across the U.S. or whichever country, right? You could end up with, you know, a hundred different companies that all basically do the same thing. So how does it really differentiate, especially if they're in the same markets? Yeah, that's exactly right. So I have seen another company actually that is one of my clients. This week they are testing out new software and essentially, you can load all of this, these different tone of voice examples in and it very accurately will spit out information for you or content that is in your tone of voice. But in saying that, there are a lot of businesses that don't even really use tone of voice or have anything to differentiate themselves. They might just speak mm -hmm. in corporate speak or, you know, just normal talk. So I think understanding what who your brand is and the kind of image and messaging that you want to have will really help you stand out once AI really starts to take off because then you can load that kind of tone of voice into AI and you can still use the software to get what you want yeah. but you just have to instruct it the right way right yeah that's a good point yeah it's yeah you'll be able to load in let's say you know, with anything AI, it's going to be about educating the actual AI on how it should be doing things. And that takes time. I mean, it's like we think of it as being this like shortcut that it can do all of these things, but it takes a lot of education for it. It does. And there's actually so many things that AI can do, but people don't realize. They think they just say, hey, can you write me a blog with four points about X, Y, and Z? Mm -hmm. But there's actually so many more instructions and it's such intelligent software and people are only really touching, say, 1% of the surface of what it can do. So I think going forward, if users are educating themselves more on the software and what they can do it and how they can get the most out of it, then they are going to see incredible results from it and start reducing more and more mundane tasks within their life yeah. and business. 
Um, okay, so let's talk about the analytics, you know, that are within Facebook and stuff and the things that you can, you know, like what are your, I guess, um, key areas that you're looking at when you're trying to make adjustments to campaigns, seeing if they, they work. And I do want to ask, you know, how do you, yeah, with them integrating AI into the other areas, it's going to influence the analytics too. I mean, I see it as you know, possibly being one of those things that helps you understand the analytics better and make more, I guess, educated adjustments. You know, because you know. So, what are the what's what are the key data points you're looking at? So, the key data points that um, I am looking at are generally always cost per result. So that's how much it costs you to get that lead, and then how many results you're getting. Because at the end of the day, people want to know how many sales they're getting or how many leads they're getting. That is what is most important and how much it costs their business. Now, you can use a number of different um, things or data or things within the analytics itself, but they are going to be the two main things that you are always looking at because when you A-B test your ads and you tweak them, you want to make sure that your leads and your sales are growing and that your cost per lead or your cost per sale is decreasing. Now, of course, there's other things that you can look at that are important, like your cost per click. Because you're, and the number of clicks that you're getting through to the ad. Because if you are getting no clicks through to the ad, it's clearly your creative that is is an issue. Uh-huh. Or, you know, so it may be your imagery or your messaging, such as your copy or your headlines. That's going to be the first telltale sign that your creative is not hitting the mark with your audience. In saying that, it could also mean that you're targeting the wrong audience. You could have the right creative, but you might not have hit the mark with the audience. So if you aren't getting any kind of traction at all on your ads, start to look at um, how many people are clicking through and that will give you that indication. Now, once once they're on your ad and sorry, they've clicked through to your website is then the, res- the website's responsibility to convert that particular user. So I guess a lot of people will blame Facebook ads for not working, but a lot of the time it's actually your website. So once it's like someone's coming into your digital home Mm-hmm. And it's how you convert them into a sale or a lead. So you also not only need to be looking at your ads, but you need to be looking at your website and your conversion rate optimization to make sure that you've set your website up in a way that will move people through the sales funnel and into a conversion. Yeah. How do you think um, they might integrate AI to like, I guess, you know, use the data either more efficiently or, you know, more accurately. So that, like I said, you see, AI being integrated and then it being able to help, you know, conversions and things like that because of the adjustments. Because, I mean, you know, when we're trying to make adjustments, we're reading this data, but we're still, you know, we're having to make decisions on it. Does AI make that easier? Yeah, so I think we will start to see um, some changes with that. We're already starting to see, say, some of the platforms like Meta give you instructions based on the data that's coming out on adjustments that you can make which is extremely helpful. But in saying that, a lot of the time, the adjustments that we are getting told to create, uh, to make, don't actually help in the longevity of your ads. So I think we still need to be careful when using AI software in terms of helping us and even Meta's recommendations in terms of um, what they're telling us to do. Because a lot of the time, these will help uh, make Meta more money, but it'll also help get your results in the short term, which is what's going to give you the hype to stay on the platform. But what we've found with what we've been testing is that a lot of the time, yeah, it does get your results in the short term, but it doesn't help you with your long-term strategy, which means 
that you still need to make sure that you understand the platform thoroughly and how to A-B test everything to get the lowest cost per acquisition. Because I know based off the instructions that I've been seeing that Meta has been saying, like, do the, consolidate all your ads to see a better result with or guess, increase your cost per results yeah. and lower your cost per acquisition. I know from my experience with Meta advertising that that is not going to get me better results in the long term. So I think we need to still question some of what is being instructed to us by the platforms because you always have to understand that they are going to have their own best interests at heart. But in saying that, uh, I'm not sure. We could start to see some better instructions coming. And, yeah, (laughs) I hope we do because we are losing money on the platform. Yeah, I hope we do too. But it's, um, yeah, you have to take it all with a grain of salt. Google does the same thing. And most of their recommendations we end up ignoring because, you know, and you just click the, you know, check the box so it'll raise your, you know, overall account score, you know, but you don't actually do the recommendation uh, because a lot of them are often to suggest keywords that are not going to work. They're not going to perform and such. And you know it, you know, in fact, it'll suggest keywords you've already eliminated, you know, that you may have tested, you know, previously and such, um, you know, because, but it will definitely get you to spend more money on the platform. Yeah, that's right. And it's, it, it's not great because there are so many people that are using the platforms that perhaps haven't had any education on how to best get results or how to use it. So they will take the recommendations of Meta, which they think are on their side. And unfortunately it help, it, it doesn't help. It makes them spend more money yeah. or lose more money as well. So yeah, that's been the long running good uh, joke with Google. What's their number one recommendation to get more, spend more. <laughs> you know, you know that, that's always their answer to everything it's like you know um and it's yeah, like it's yeah no. <laughs> yeah it's like you know okay well you tell the client that because they don't want to you know <laughs> yeah, it's like is there an option b what what happens if we don't want to spend more money i know <laughs> it's like yeah okay the idea is i give you a budget and now we need to try to lower the cost per click lower what we're spending you know so we can get more you know out yeah, of right, that same yeah. amount of money yeah that's Exactly. That's actually our job. <laughs> yeah. And we don't want to scale something that's not performing. So where do you see Facebook going in the future, you know, from an advertising standpoint? You know, are we going to see a lot of change or do you think it's, you know, going to be a little bit more, you know, I mean, the biggest change being AI right now, but where's it? where do you think it's going? Well, I personally am interested to see, firstly, what happens with TikTok, because I think if... TikTok gets banned, I think we're going to see a lot of these younger users come across to Instagram and Facebook, which will increase again the longevity of the platform. But in saying that, I think AI could end up having a dramatic effect on the software because it is growing at an extremely rapid rate and we almost can't even keep up with it as humans. Actually, we probably can't even keep up if I say that. So I I think we'll start to see some really intelligent Uh, pieces of software come into the actual platform and change the way that we're doing things and making everything a lot easier. But in saying that, I think we're going to start seeing a lot of the same, same. If we're not careful. So. Yeah, and and hopefully they don't make any more major platform changes. I always love how the uh, the big companies they like to make the you know make certain changes, you know, and say it's it's definitely improvements. It's for the best, and we're like, oh, this was horrible. You know, why did yeah. you do this? Please go back to the previous version. Yeah. So, no, right. Well, actually, this, this last one where they swapped to Odax has made it a lot easier because it's now there's now less options to choose when you're making a Facebook ad. 
And they've also taken away a lot of the verification in the last few weeks, which has just made everything easier. So people don't need to, you know, add in all of the uh, events that they want to optimize for, like their top eight events. So they've actually simplified a lot of things lately, which has been nice, or should I say, removed a lot of the previous steps that we had to remove, I mean, that we had to do. So Yeah, and there were, you, you know, steps that you had to you had to take, but were like unnecessary. Like, you know, you were probably doing the same thing every time because you didn't you know, care about what they were asking. Exactly. So, I mean, if anything of late, I've been really impressed by the fact that a lot of people, I mean, all the users of the platform don't have to do as much to get the results. So it will just be interesting now that they've made that change and we'll probably start to see it over the next few months, if it's having an impact or not mm. on the actual level of conversions and things coming through and the cost per lead. So, yeah. Okay. Well, th- Hey, this has been great. Would be, if you were thinking about starting on Facebook, cause you actually never have, and there's still a lot of people out there that have never used Facebook from an advertising perspective, you know, who like from our industry thing, who should be using it? Just, you know, kind of a broad overview of what industries it's suitable for and which ones should, you know, maybe look elsewhere. I mean, generally, Facebook marketing can be used across nearly every single industry. Obviously, there are some areas where it becomes more of an issue like housing, health, politics, Mm. et cetera. And there are some parameters around that that can stop who you're targeting. And obviously, if you are targeting people under 18, it becomes a whole lot harder as well. But in saying that, it's quite a broad platform that a lot of people can use because the user base is so huge. So you're likely, nearly everybody is likely to find somebody within the audience on the platform. Now, in terms of where you are at in your business, that's a different story. So if you are brand new to business, you need to prime your social media accounts before you even look at advertising. So you need to make sure that you have got somewhat of a following so that you look like you're a credible business. And there are ways to do that. And it can be a little bit slow, but with AI software coming out, I'm sure we are going to see some ways that you can prime your accounts a whole lot faster and get followers a whole lot faster because at the moment, organic social media, it's very, very difficult to get followers. If you are an e-commerce business, I would not recommend jumping on Facebook advertising unless you have a proven sales funnel. And by that, I mean, you have got people coming through your website and converting at at least 2%. So for every hundred people that hit your website, at least 2% are buying. If you are a service-based business, you can jump on the platform a little bit easier we are seeing some businesses that are quite new that are still that are getting results um, in terms of getting people into their service offering or downloading some kind of lead magnet and getting them onto their email list. It is a little bit easier with service-based businesses. With e-commerce, it's more competitive because you have a lot of competitors that you need to that have been established for a long time. So you either need to compete on price. Mm. So if you are not cheaper than your main competitor or you have a standout brand, you are going to find it very difficult because why would someone buy off you if a competitor is selling it cheaper and the product is better? So two things to consider. It is a scaling platform. It's not necessarily a growth platform. It's when you are ready to take your business to the next level. Yeah, that's often the recommendation we have because, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, Facebook can be used. It's a great brand awareness platform. It's depending on what you do. It's not always great from a lead generation standpoint. You know, certain businesses it can do really well. Like we run um, recruitment campaigns for uh, truck driving schools and stuff, and we get them like right on the platform. We don't even bother sending them to the website and it performs great. Uh, So you're able to target really well for that kind of stuff. 
But you know, and if you're in that scaling stage, you're really building up your brand and you're you know a bit larger company, then exactly. it really can extend your reach. That's exactly right. So, I, I mean, when you first start out, you can use the advertising to increase your brand awareness and start to get people on your website, but it's not going to be the miracle worker that people think it's going to be because it's basically just going to amplify what is already happening in your business. Mm-hmm. It's not going to just get you all these sales. Yeah. Out of the blue. Well, this has been great. Nikki, how would people get a hold of you when they need a Facebook ad expert? And of course you do Google and other social platforms too. Yes, so you can find me at the digitalexchange.co or on Instagram on the same thing. So the digitalexchange.co. So yeah, you can reach out to me there. We have a bunch of freebies that are available on our website that will definitely help you grow your traffic, sales and revenue to new levels. So yeah, come check us out. Okay, well, this has been another great episode. We've been talking Facebook marketing, where the platform's going, how it can be utilized. I'm Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.